soon as we start to go live, he's starting to break stuff. Every time. Every time. Welcome to Mountaineer Kingdom Do Talk, Real Men, Manly Talk. Uh, I just lost everything I was going to say. That was great. Well, I appreciate everybody watching and joining us. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, ship share, ship share. I can't do it. <laughs> share. 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 We gotta, just got to cancel it. No. And uh, we're just going to have a real conversation like we do all the time uh, around coffee tables and around dinner tables that are happening all over the country. We have our special guest, McJ, back. Good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. He thank brought, you for coming. Thank you for coming. And nice. thanks for bringing fresh donuts. Yeah. Andy brought the donuts he was supposed to bring the last time he was supposed to be here. <laughs> well, it was good. it's good to see Andy. <laughs> that my stepkid's dad brought to the house. So you were prepared, just like what we're going to talk about, being prepared in God's Word and His timing. Um, It's interesting how, if we're off on one of those, we can have God's timing, but not His the Word or His will. But we can also, and we'll we'll be off, or we can have His will and not His timing, and we'll run into something when He's not ready for us to have it. And um, I mean, I've I've done that a couple times in my life. I'm sure we all have at some point. just trying to follow what he wants us to do and when he wants us to do it. And I can't get used to my voice being so low with these new headsets, by the way. Sound good. It's throwing me off. Um, so I think the last time you were on, we were talking about his word and timing colliding. And mm-hmm. um, how impactful that can be and how he's, he's constantly trying to build us up, right? There's a building up of what God's doing. I think the end's coming soon. Um, and we just need to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a good segue, buddy. Just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, Q McJ. Is that your serious voice? Yeah, that's my serious voice. Um, yes. Well, there we go. Oh, there's the <laughs> yes guy <laughs> back again. Yeah. All right, Andy's making me kind of nervous because he's usually not here when I'm here, so <laughs> I just don't. Oh. <laughs> he's usually not here when we're here, so. <laughs> I'm usually not here when I'm here. So, uh, yeah, the, the timing yes. and colliding stuff is, is very interesting. I feel like it's been happening for a buildup for a while. And it kind of sh- just struck me whenever we were having a leadership training at church. We were around, uh, there was several different tables, but I was with uh, one of our other Sunday school teachers and a couple other people at the table. And there was just something that each speaker was saying that just had me journaling some stuff down. And the title of my journal for that day is uh, God's time, Timing and Wording Are Colliding. Timing and Wording Are Colliding. So there was just things that were happening and people were talking about it just in a way that it, it, it made me think of that and write it down that way. Uh, I, I was looking for the text that I wrote or sent to you. Uh, the best is yet to come. There seems to be a build-up feeling that is occurring now. Why? Because God is positioning His people so that a great display of His glory and manifestation in the natural can occur. But you know what's interesting? Just now, I was thinking about uh, when we were in class on Wednesday night, Jeff had shared a... Uh, uh, segment of flashpoint mm-hmm. and there was this lady who was praying and then she moved into kind of like a prophecy she was talking about sons and daughters arise and shine i mean she kept repeating this stuff arise and shine now is the time now is the time and 
so I'm looking back at my text, and the keyword is now. So whenever I when I when I do that, I'm instantly I'm alerted to the trend. Mm-hmm. I'm alerted to the pattern, and it fuels me to think that okay, I, I need to be in this moment of thinking of now. And when I now means like now, we need to be highly expecting that things are going to be occurring now. And I think things already are if you if you look at it in some other aspects and perspectives. But, um, you know, there's other things I'd like to get into at some point. I just want to add to your guys' conversation, not derail what you're trying to talk about. But I really feel like this buildup is here. Yeah. I think it's interesting how you say that that woman, woman, prophet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was saying arise and shine. Mm -hmm. And then your word is now. And then we talked about the uh, how to be biblical men, yep. and first one was get up. I mean, we got to get mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and so I mean, as a church, we need to all mm-hmm. get up. We need to arise, and because it's now, there's a big buildup. But men, especially, we need to arise and shine for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now we need to get up. That way, when we get up, we, and Jerry brought the point up where we need, as soon as our feet hit the ground, the devil says, "Oh, oh crap, boy. this yeah. guy's up." Yeah. And then, like Josh added on, he wants to say that I am up now. Use me, Lord, for mm-hmm. whatever you want me use use me for. Um, but yeah, it is the timing. It, there is a buildup. Prophecy's been around for thousands of years. So, what do you say to someone? What do we say to someone that says this is, you know, they've been talking about this for two thousand years? What do you say? I I like to look at even just in our generation the way that what. Just the way that my parents grew up, it was so, I felt like the church was so divided. And then in my adult life, as I've traveled around the country and such, more Christians are classifying themselves as non-denominational, and that's helping to unify us. And I'm seeing that the collective Christian voice is starting to come together. People are unifying, not so much under the flag of Methodist or Baptist or whatever it is, but I'm a Christ follower. And that's been the predominant theme. That in and of itself is an indicator for really how things are changing. We're realizing the separate or the the divisions we've had among us, and it's destroying the church. And that unifying of the church is really a significant indicator outside of all the external things that we are witnessing around. Yeah. Well, I was also going to add to this whole thing of, of timing and, and colliding. Uh, so whenever I look at so I like to track the Hebrew year. Mm-hmm. And so the Jewish people are in the Hebrew year 5784, which starts in uh, September of, of our Gregorian calendar. So uh, there was uh, some rabbis and some people I listened to, and they give a, give a word for the year for the Jewish people, and they go off of the numbers because there's a, uh, the Hebrew alphabet and uh, a picture and symbolization and a numerical value and those kinds of things. Well, the the year, what they say about 5784 is the year of the open door. Well, mm-hmm. we we entered into 2024 in January, and something that I've been tracking a little bit, obviously with numbers, is so 5784, and they really hone in on the 84, 5784, but they hone in on 84 and specifically 4, uh, the last number. Well, if we hone in on our 2024, that means that the the fours are converging. Mm -hmm. So whenever I thought about that, I went to Psalms 44. 
And whenever I was reading in Psalms 44, it was talking about victories. So let me just read that real quick, if, if I can. Uh, Why have, we have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what you did in their days and days long ago. With your hand, you drove out the nations and planted our fathers. You crushed the peoples and made our fathers flourish. It was not by their sword that they won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you loved them. You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. Through you we push back our enemies. Through your name we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies, and you put our adversaries to shame. And God, we make our boast all day long, and we will praise your name forever. So yeah. what I take with that is that, okay, so here's the convergence of the fours. Psalms 44 talks about victory. It's not victory in more, what we do, yep. but victory in, in God. So what I'm seeing is that we should highly be expecting now victories to be showing up in our lives as God's people. So that's kind of how I, I'm just reading some things. Mm -hmm. So that sets my mind that whenever I get up in the morning, God, I thank you that I'm blessed. I thank you that I'm the head and not the tail. I thank you that I'm, I'm victorious. If you can command victories for Jacob, mm -hmm. what's keeping me from being commanded to have victories in my life for me and my family? Yep. So those are just, that's some, in which then this led into, there was a song uh, by Elevation Worship. It's called, trust in God and one of the lyrics is you've been my fourth man yeah, in song. the fire and so that brought me to to Daniel and, and it was talking about the three Hebrew brothers well they had an opportunity to what arise and shine yep. right it's just so cool how this is coming <clears throat> together just even like this morning so they had they had a, a moment to arise and shine to what to give glory to God and when they Proved in that test by saying, even if he doesn't deliver us, we will not back down. Right. We'll go through the fire. And so there's all kinds of things that I've been gleaming from, from Daniel with the situation. Uh, but they came out of the fire, and that adversary mm -hmm. honored their God. Those three boys were promoted right. even higher in the kingdom. So I was reading that, been studying on it. I've been teaching some of the Sunday school class with it. Just the other day, there's a, uh, a Reverend uh, Samuel Rodriguez. And uh, he, I think he came to, I don't want to say fame, but popularity, because I think he was on part of the evangelical team that prayed over Trump and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Just the other day, he had a, a fresh word. It was specifically about Daniel and the three Hebrew brothers talking about, and it was called... Um, Faith, fire, favor. Mm. And it, it shows that if, if you show faith, you will be tested. But when you come through the fire, you're going to have favor, which is promotion. Yep. So I think God is positioning people to uh, manifest, glorify him now. So I, I think we just need to be very observant of what's yeah. happening. But you talk about just the, the positioning of people for for greater blessing, um, I'm studying Abraham right now. 
And if you if you do a study on Abraham, not just what's in what's in Genesis, what's in the scriptures and in, in, in Hebrew, but also what's in some of the Jewish historical text, he was a uh, an amazing figure. Mm-hmm. So um, he, at a young age, was he well actually before he was born or when he was being born, the um, <laughs> the the rulers of what would have been uh, like Nimrod and and the the rulers of, of Babel, um, their uh, their sages or whatever had a prophecy of somebody that was going to be born that would overthrow uh, Babel and overthrow Nimrod. Mm. And uh, there was signs in the stars and things like that when he was born that they 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 were frightened over. So his his dad had actually hid him away in a, in a cave until he was a teenager or something like that and then sent him off to uh, spend time with, uh, with Shem mm-hmm. and Noah to mm-hmm. be trained and brought up by Noah. And um, after about 40 years of spending time with Shem, because Noah had passed by that point, and uh, he returned back to his father's house, walked in and saw that his dad, who was like second in command behind behind Nimrod, had a temple built with all these idols in it. And um, Abr- it, was, well, it was Abram at the time. He had, his name hadn't been changed to Abraham. But Abram had... Uh, had a righteous anger and went in and destroyed the 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 idols mm-hmm. according to this historical text his dad was upset turned him into Nimrod they brought the the princes of of the different kingdoms together to to rule judgment over him ultimately threw him in the in a, in a fiery furnace as a judgment and his brother Lot's dad was thrown in there as well because he helped hide hide Abram from mm-hmm. from Nimrod. Lot's dad died. Abraham, after three days in the fire, came out and the the ropes that bound him were free. His clothes were not burnt. His none of his hair was burnt. Very similar to to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and then he was released out of that. So I, I say all that backstory in that we all know from, from biblical text where what Abraham became. God made an everlasting covenant with him mm-hmm. that if still today that there's a couple of covenants that I will bless those who bless you and um, and your descendants will be more numerous than the sand in the, in, on the on the beach. Mm-hmm. What was the historical textbook? The book of Joshua. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then you also start looking into some of the, the text on the Chaldeans in, in the city of Ur. Um, because that's where he, he he came out of later and was the city of Ur. And um, so there's there's a lot of really interesting t- historical texts, and that none of it is, uh, outside of what's in, in the Bible, none of it's canonical scripture, but from a historical standpoint. Have you ever wondered, like, what happened to, to Lot's dad and why was Abraham so concerned about his nephew? Mm. Well, yeah, because Lot if, went with him. If, if the story, well, he went into intercession for for. Lot in, in in Sodom and Gomorrah. So if, if you're if, kind of wondering that, well, that makes sense. The story of Joshua makes sense as to why Abraham had such a burden of responsibility for his nephew it was because his brother died in the 
in the fire and he made it out alive. So Lot's dad died in a furn- in, in a fiery furnace that Abraham should have died in. Hmm. There's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. Um, it's, it's just, well, one, it's order, right? We were talking about how if you're faithful, you're tested. It ties into what you're saying with Abraham. You're promoted. You have favor. Um, one of the things that I wanted to circle back to is one of the questions I think you were asking is so at, at this point where you're talking about in Daniel, the Israelites were taken captive, right? Um, it was because they were prepared and they, they stuck true to, to the teachings of the Lord and they didn't go the ways of the false gods. Daniel comes, the, the story of uh, his prophecies come back later on when into almost today's times, right, with the end times. Um, but you asked an interesting question of when we see all of these things that are going according to Scripture, and what do you say to someone who says, well, people has been saying for 2,000 years he's going to return, and he still ain't returned. Like, people has so, been thumping their Bibles forever saying that I should be prepared or I should step up and do something. He still hasn't returned. What do you say to that person? So I, I don't know exactly how you would state it, but I know if, if you study the Bible, the Holy Spirit will give you the, the revelation out of it. So if you look in 2 Peter 3, it talks about at the, at the 2 Peter 3, um, three and four it says above all you must understand that the last days scoffers will come scoffling and follow following their own evil evil desires they will say where is this coming he promised ever since our ancestors died everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation but then you skip down and there's there's a whole lot to unpack in in, in chapter three but then you go down to um verse eight and it says do not forget this one last thing dear friends with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So there's multiple spots in the Bible where it, where somebody explains that a thousand, a, a thousand years to us is one day to, to the Lord, and one day to the Lord is like a thousand years to us. That's not put in there by accident. Right. And there's prophetic, there, there's prophetic terms about that, in that um, some prof, uh, some prophetic pastors and teachers take it back to creation that there was six days of total creation seventh day god rested but that's from a perfect that on one side that was a literal of the the creation of the earth of, of the age that we're in now took six days but it's there's also a prophetic piece to that that god gives man six thousand years which would be six days if you look at it from right that's from second peter mm-hmm. chapter three verse eight so when someone says well, it's, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus made that prophecy. Well, it's been a little less than 2,000 years, which means been less than two prophetic days. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the last days, people were going to be saying exactly what Peter predicted that they were going to be saying 2,000 years ago. Now, just to clarify, when we, when we say the last days, we're talking about Jesus' coming, not the rapture. Correct. Right. Because Second Peter is talking about Jesus returning, correct, coming. So, like, but what about the rapture? When people say we've been talking about the rapture forever, yeah, you know, how do we but, say that? Because there, there is no time frame on the rapture. Even we, we can see signs that might build up well, to that, but there's well, no real prophecy saying when the rapture is going to happen. Well, well that's uh, imminent. Up until 1948, there was a ton of signs that still needed to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. The rapture could not have occurred until 1948, and. 
and then there's some debate in th- in theological circles and prophetic circles as to whether or not it's 1948 or 1967 when they got Jerusalem back, mm-hmm. because Jerusalem was is the city of David, <coughs> and that's where ultimately in the uh, in the millennial and uh, and I think even after the millennial reign, David becomes the mayor mm-hmm. of of Jerusalem, which is. The New Jerusalem is going to be fifteen hundred miles long by fifteen hundred miles wide and fifteen hundred miles tall. I mean, it's it's going to be huge, and uh, David's going to be the, the the mayor of that. So, it, it it all depends on when you when you look at that prophetic piece. But now that Jerusalem's all together, and some of the and we're seeing all of the the Jews flocking back to Israel, that is a sign. Those are signs of of the the imminent rapture. There's no more prophecies that have to be fulfilled, but there's still signs that are pointing to that that are still showing through. I would today. agree with you to the extent as far as things are happening where we're getting closer to the rapture. But from what I understand in studying Revelation and this article that I have here, the final prophecies will happen during the seven-year tribulation. The, the, Those will be fulfilled. Yeah. So, so the rapture, when it happens, is like a thief in the night. No one knows. There's there's no sign. Otherwise, we wouldn't, we would be like, oh, here's a war. We better be prayed up. Yep. You know what I mean? We've so, got to be living as the church. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, holding that lawlessness back. Mm-hmm. Because when the rapture comes, the church people, the church age will be over. So from, from a theological standpoint, the thief in the night is is more of the the non-believers. Because those of us that are believers, our spirit is the closer that we're getting to his return is the same as, as you know, you, as, as parents, we plan vacations. And we tell our kids, hey, we're going to be going on vacation this summer. And they're constantly, hey, when, when are we going? When are we going? When are we going? When are we going? And they know as the signs of summer get closer, they get out of school, uh, baseball stops, whatever, their anticipation gets even higher because they know summer is coming and we're going on vacation. They may not know the date that they're going on, we're going on vacation until we're actually packing up the car and, and, and pulling out of the driveway, but their anticipation is there. Mm-hmm. As born-again believers and spirit-filled believers, we – our spirits understand and we know that it's getting close and we're getting excited. We don't know the actual day or time. Our neighbors who have no idea that we're going on vacation, they're shocked when we don't tell them that, Hey, we're going on vacation and we just pack up and leave. That's where the thief in the night comes in. Nosy True. But, but when your kids are excited for vacation and they act a fool on the week before and get all kinds of trouble and sin, they're still going on vacation as Christians. We could be Christians our whole life, but the week before rapture comes, we're acting a fool. We miss that vacation, you know. We're not we're not prepared. Mm-hmm. You gotta be prepared always. I, I get what you're saying. I like the analogy. I, I really do. But when the thief in the night, I still believe it's it's even talking to the believers. You you gotta have your house ready. You gotta have your you gotta be completely ready, no matter what sign or if there's no sign. You better be ready. Well, the, well, it's coming. Those that are actually that are following the spirit, they're going to be anticipating and they're going to be living right because mm-hmm. they know at any given point. Should the rapture, the rapture is going to occur, Should and that's that's the reason why God didn't give us a date of when it's going to occur. He gave us the season, so we know the season, so we know when when to expect it. Well, imagine being we, his disciples when he just left them. I'm coming back, and they're thinking, "What a week!" Uh, let's yeah. just stay here a minute. No, why do you? <laughs> Jesus tarry? said he's coming back. Well, that, that's some of the reason why. Why, why stand for ye gazing up into the heavens? I, I, I would throw out there that one of the things that. And so if I'm explaining this to someone, like, how do I, they've been thumping Bibles for however long telling me to get ready. 
there's a shift in culture that's coming. There's a shift to where I believe, and it's it's slow at the moment, but at least here at this table and within our circles, men men's hearts are turning back, and, and it's like we we need to get ready. We need we need men to step up and, and do what they were called to do and to rise up. Um, but I think there's there's also a pull toward the hearts of their fathers going back to sons. Like my dad uh, taught me work ethic. He taught me how to, to provide and to live. And his father before him, it was straight work, right? My dad also taught me compassion. He also taught me how to care and to love. And I think that we're a, a incredible blend of both of those generations at once. Like, yes, I want to teach my kids to work hard and to, but I also want to teach them to care about others and, and to love. Like, we have that luxury and blessing of stepping on the shoulders of these men who worked harder than we did and went mm-hmm. through harder times than we did. And we get the, 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 the bless, the honor of being able to step back and rest a little bit so that we can guide and we can teach and we can lead those kids or our kids and families to a better place. So the, the, there's a lot of truth into that. And I'll hang in there. Andy. I know you got something. Also I got want to do to really, uh, <laughs> point out, with when when jesus was talking about his return he said as in the days of noah as in the days of lot the the catching away that paul talks about in thessalonians is quite literally pulling us out just in the nick of time not when things are a little rocky or whatever it'll be just before all hell literally starts breaking loose god's going to pull us out of it so there's a couple verses that have come to mind throughout the conversation. The first one I want to jump on is the one about turning the hearts to their fathers. So Malachi 4, 4 through 6. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him in Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. So exactly what you were saying, tying into Malachi, which is prophetic scripture, and tying back to the concept of Elijah, Elijah and Christ being synonymous in this particular instance, and it tying to the end times. And then we look at Second Timothy 3, and here's more indicators for what we're getting into. Uh, but know this, hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, check. Lovers of money, check. Boastful, check. Pride, proud, check. Demeaning, check. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, holy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers with self, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. For among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women, overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. These seven scriptures are reflective of what we're dealing with on so many fronts. Mm-hmm. It, it's frightening to see that every single one of those are prevalent in what we see. We consume this every day through social media. Every single one of us sits and flips through all these stupid feeds on our phones. And you see reflections of all of those things everywhere. Children are incredibly and they're, and they're glorifying. All those absolutely, man. And I especially like the fact that, for among them are those who worm the way into households and see gullible women overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to knowledge of the truth. Isn't it amazing how social media has really taken our women by storm with 
she thought she could and she did and all of that type of stuff. Well, this ethereal thing where, well, I've got this great new thing, but the reality is, is like this is knowledge that really isn't knowledge, and it's just a distraction from what is what is real. It's exactly what's empowering the one comment that we had on one of the shorts from one of the women. I can't trust any men. Well, that's because now you've got a culture that's empowering you. Girl power. Like, no, we need each other. We, we have to have each other. And it, so the thing that stuck out to me in that comment was one that kind of, that was sad. Yeah. That you have no man in your life or have never encountered a man. There's not a guy in my a, life that I trust to lead. To, that would that was. ever trust I mean, I mean there's tons of women i trust yeah. there's tons of men and women i trust there's tons of people from all races and, and and creeds and backgrounds that i trust um and that's sad to me that you've never had someone decent in your life that you would trust to lead i get her point though because if you look at some of those videos that we're talking about i was scrolling through the other day i think i sent it to you guys where this girl thinks that she's a bird now <laughs> That's it, what that's where uh, I'm going towards. I can see uh, why that woman thinks. Well, I I trust nobody, and I go to that video because this lady thinks sorry. she's a therian or something like that. <laughs> yeah, she thinks she's a bird. Well, I identify as a bird. Well, yeah. And at the very end of the video, there's a guy that comes up and goes, "Wait a second, I thought boys were trying to be girls and girls were trying to be boys. Now I gotta watch out for girls trying to be birds." Yeah, and I can see the point to that lady's comment. I don't trust any men well heck you can't even trust that people were trying to be people anymore that's how ludicrous that we've that's that we've become that's also pointing back to the days of noah so like we talk a lot about how yeah it's it's gone crazy we we talk about the nephilim but there's also um there's also what what what's not really talked about a whole lot other than the book of enoch is the bestiality that was going on yeah Mm -hmm. During that time, that's yeah. gross. It's just so, leading. Jared, in. going back to what she said, the catching up uh, in the air, um, and that uh, he'll take us away from that. Revelation three ten says, "Because you have kept my command to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth." So that's talking about, I believe, the pre-tribulation rapture, mm-hmm. because he's going to take us out of everything before it gets super bad. Now we see, we see stuff happening today. I mean, you think about when World War One happened. All the grandmothers that were Bible thumpers, you want to say, they could easily said, "Oh my gosh, rumors of war, World War One, World War, Rapture's coming, Jesus is coming today." Didn't happen. World War Two, oh my goodness, we already had World War One, now we got World War Two coming. All these wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, all these things, we see these things happening, but still yet, Rapture is going to come like a thief in the night. We've got to be ready. But, but the, the one more point, real quick, you were mentioning. Um, men and in the church rising up i do believe that but there's also a high level of apostasy going on right now yeah people leaving the faith Mm -hmm. um and searching for other faith so we talk about before we start the show how we go tie in the remnant that's where the remnant is we have to be we i believe that since we've been living for the lord we're we're part of the remnant but the remnant's going to be those ones that have been faltering that come to come back to know and have a stronger faith and the Lord, that's what I believe. So, remnant is it's used ninety-two times in the English translation of the Bible in, in the King James version, and it can be used for different different reasons and different purposes. Uh, anything from a remnant of meat left over from a sacrifice or oil, things like that. I mean, the uh, the whole uh, tradition and holiday of Hanukkah was because there was a remnant of oil 
that was able to burn for what seven days or whatever whatever it is but then there's the remnant that god sets apart of people uh it talks about in isaiah during the um when isaiah is prophesying of, of the destruction of judah and uh that god would have a remnant set aside to carry on just like during the tribulation period there'll be a remnant of 144,000 jews that are left behind that are left behind that will hide go into the caves and in the jordan and some believe in the petra to uh to escape mm. the tribulation and god will supernaturally protect them during that time and uh, but then there's also remnants of christians and the, that's us we're we're right. set apart from as the days get more and more evil and people find new ways to be to be evil as the bible will say and we see that we see oh, the man, prophecies see but kind of back to your talk about the world war one world war two yeah all the way up through the middle ages and all the way up to because a lot of people say that um the rapture or, or matthew 24 is talking about exclusively the destruction of the temple in, in 70 a.d but Clearly, that's not what it, it talks about a little bit of that, but that's not the purpose of, of that chapter. The purpose of that chapter is the end of end of days. And but World War One, World War Two, the, the rapture could not have happened pre World War Two because Israel wasn't a state again and all right. the prophecies weren't fulfilled yet. Well, I just use those examples you, for wars and rumors of wars, all, how, oh, yeah. how prophecy but, says these but, things. But you look at today and, and the, the other thing, too, the reason why it couldn't that the rapture could not have happened in the Middle Ages, it right. could not have happened before that is people did not have the ability to transport themselves right. and, and literally fly. Can you imagine uh, John trying to see airplanes and trying to describe what airplanes look like in mm -hmm. his vision when they had no concept of automobiles yet, let alone flying? Mm -hmm. Submarines, warships. Yeah, the, the things whole, he the was whole describing. Coming I'm over here watching see. these two ponder like you're amazing <laughs> listeners. Like you're just like soaking all this in. They have some good stuff ready to come out there. Like, uh, yeah, I'm like, so what's... What are you pondering what's, on over what's there? What's percolating? Uh, so I'll, I'm, mine's quick, and it's going to be with respect to what's going on here now. The Gog and Magog concept, Russia, Iran. Those are representative of Gog and Magog. And here we are. And it, let's, t let's take the Bible from a local perspective with respect to what's happening in Israel today, with what's been going on in Syria since 2014, with what's been going on in Iraq since 2002. Um, that whole part of the world, if you look at a localized perspective and you had – no periphery of what was going on around the world besides for what was happening there locally. It's nuts. It's chaos. The land is in absolute turmoil. I, Iraq is incredibly unstable. Syria is unstable. They're, they're, they're basically not countries anymore. And now you have Russia and Iran playing proxy wars hmm. against every superpower that's at least in the NATO alliance for the most part. I believe now, we're in the South Pole now. Well, and, and then Turkey's part of it too, man. Like it's They do. Iran. Uh, well, China's a, a different part of it. China doesn't really get talked a whole a lot about in scripture, but the idea Army's is that, from the east. Oh, there you go. Never mind. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> he just but, ruined everything. <laughs> Jared, you never talk. Shh. Sorry. <laughs> Point no. being that, like, more so than ever before, that's the focal point, and the voices that have been mentioned in scripture are actually manifesting themselves and what's happening in the real-time war and the stage is set right now one wrong move and all of a sudden kaboom things can just say that one sentence up. he just said the word and timing mm -hmm. are colliding yep. you, you talk about iran 
I mean, Iran's historical uh, country Babylon. name is is uh, no, that's Iraq. Iran is Persia. Oh, that's right. You're right. And the Iranians don't call themselves Iranians; they call themselves Persians. And the name was changed, I think, after World War One to Iran. And um, but it's still Persia, and all of which is still in in prophecy. You got Iraq, which is Babylon. This the city of um, of Ur is in southern Iraq, and then um, is it Nineveh is I think near Baghdad. If I if I remember, it's a little correctly. further north. Yeah, uh, I got to be there, man, and to see some of the historical structures. Like it's it's crazy to think that that has been the place. So, so uh, th- this is kind of on on that same vein, maybe a little off topic, but it'll, I'll be really quick. And that, you know, after the, the 2008 invasion of Iraq, uh, there were Christians, um, or not 2008, but whenever they went into Iraq, yeah, three, uh, there were Christian, um, yeah, whatever, whatever year. <laughs> you said this was going to so be early, quick. Early 2000s. So there, there were archaeologists, Christian archaeologists, that went in after we took over the country for a little bit and started unearthing all of these ancient biblical artifacts. And the uh, the Muslims have been trying to destroy as many of these as they can because it would it would show proof to Israel's right mm. to to where they're at. And, and Israel was a nation before 1948, of which they're claiming didn't occur to 1948 so i mean i'm sitting here thinking you guys are who's this guy yeah who's this guy <laughs> come, come out of 15 left. minutes yeah. in the beginning right why at the other no go ahead sorry I, you know when i was thinking of uh timing and words collide i've been thinking on a smaller scale than you guys are i mean you guys are just blowing the conversation up big, big sca- picture big picture big scale that's what we do uh, so like I, I wasn't even thinking I wasn't even thinking about that I, I guess I was just thinking more of personally mm-hmm. and community and, and maybe as as a nation as well like what we're going through uh, why do I think that because I, there's been a lot of times through me growing up through church talking about the, the rapture when Jesus is coming back uh, it is obviously it's very important. Yep. But there was a time where, and I've, I've listened to some teaching that has really kind of curbed me back to present day. Because there's people that are hoping, well, it'll all be better whenever Jesus comes. And, and they forget about the 80 years that they're living. Mm-hmm. They forget about here and now. They forget about the principles of raising their kids and what my purpose is what my calling why am i doing this because they're just looking forward to the future and they're just barely living life but yet they're testifying every day without saying words of of how their life is not life abundantly which christ wanted to make sure that we had so I i don't know if my pendulum has swung too far one way but uh, obviously, I want to be prepared, and I, I firmly believe that if you're reading God's Word, you you are in tune to the Holy Spirit. You're not going to miss the mark, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, okay, cool. I feel like if I do things daily, it's going to, when that time comes, I'll be ready. But I want to make sure that I seize the moment if we, I mean, that, that was used quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, I want to make sure that I seize the opportunity 
and understand my why, understand my purpose, understand myself as a man and what I need to do to raise my kid and, and go at life from, from that perspective. So that, uh, you know, timing and words colliding, I, I, I've really kept it on a local level. So I, I, I'm just I think that's to, important. Yeah. Because this big picture stuff is, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a very intriguing to dive into it. But what really matters at the end of the day is, what am I doing with the time that I have mm-hmm. for his kingdom? Right. And one of the things that, that that's interesting to see that as we get, uh, as our content starts to grow a little bit, is the feedback that we're getting of guys who think maybe they haven't, they've wasted their time. Mm. And, but if, if, if we're focused on waking up every morning and giving that day to God and what he wants us to do, we're not going to miss the mark. So if he does, when he does come as a thief in the night and, and take us away, we need to be seen about our father's business. Uh-huh. And if he sees us about the business, then he's, we're getting called up. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that tie into the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. But I do, you know, see your point now where we got to be living in victory today. It's because if we're living in defeat, how are we doing things for Jesus and showing Jesus through mm-hmm. our lives to others to bring them to the faith? Because we're, it was you talking about the um, uh, attractiveness of uh, what was it frequency? Is that the word you oh, use? The law of attraction. A law of attraction. If 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 I'm a bah humbug guy all the time and I'm not living in any type of victory or if I'm not having any type of happiness in my life, how am I going to attract people to the Lord? So, well, so I I use this. Go ahead, Andy. You want to say? No. It it's easy if we are filled <laughs> with the Spirit that concept is easy as long as we are striving for the fruits of the spirit it doesn't take work to attract people to christ <coughs> as long as we are reflecting him and as long as we are filled with the spirit it's absolutely incredible easy like i remember growing up in the tradition i grew up in that i have to do this 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 and this and really as i actually came into maturity as a christian when i started living through the love of christ the attractive factor comes up because when we reflect Christ, all of a sudden we're reflecting everything that people want in their lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of those things there is no law against. You said that during the last the last podcast. And that is attractive to people. When we live Christ, people want to be near us. People want yeah. to know more of that, want to know where that comes from. And when we tell them it's because Christ lives in me, now that's the motivation, and that's exactly speaking to what you were getting at and probably what you're jumping on. Well, and that, that makes a great employee, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That, that makes a great boss. That makes a great husband. So this lady who feels like she can't trust a guy uh, has probably been burnt quite a bit. So oh. you know, who, who's the guy that's going to step up and make a difference to impact her? So I, I would like to... And sometimes you have to step out of your comfort zone, speaking to this woman, and change the atmosphere in which you're hanging. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. If you're surrounding yourself with all kinds of negativity, you're never going to get positivity. You know, I like what Andy said that, uh, you know, when we have the Holy Spirit living in us, it's easy. I mean, it's, it's easy to say it's easy, but it can be hard sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But if we're walking in the Spirit, we know it's not about what we do because it's what Jesus has already done, right? 
And I love that um, Tony Evans analogy I brought up in class. Something's cracking in it. Um, he's, he's talking to that. The Old Testament is like uh, we used to have to wash our clothes. Did we just lose something? No, you're good. We had to wash our own clothes by hand. That We had to do the physical work ourselves. But when Jesus came and died on the cross, it was like he was the washing machine. He does it for us. Mm-hmm. We don't have to work hard anymore other than staying in the faith and, and diving into the word and walking in the spirit and trying to be holy. So, but, well, I, I was glad I was glad that Andy went first that a few seconds ago because he was talking about you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What I was going to say when you're talking about attractiveness, I like to, to talk about this quite a bit when I'm teaching. It's like think of a fruit tree. You know, people are attracted to the tree because of the fruit. Mm-hmm. And then when they taste of the fruit, it's nutritious. It's it's valuable. It's So being attracted to a tree because it's doing what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It, 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 is, it has went through the process of uh, coming up through the ground, sucking in the water, sucking in the sunshine to where it has. Established roots. Yeah, it has, it has now produced a fruit. They're like, oh, that's a nice apple. And, and then other people are able to uh, enjoy the value and the nutrition of that. So when people step into our life, they look at us, hey, I like that tree. Hopefully they don't step into it and grab an apple and it's it, yeah. it's rotten, yep. right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, there's yeah, only absolutely. half a worm in this apple. <laughs> so so kind of back to your the, the one comment where we had where a guy felt like he wasted his life at that he's only 28. Um, the the one thing that's really great about the Bible is God didn't hide everyone's flaws. And you look at Moses, Moses was, how old was he when, when he actually started fulfilling mm-hmm. God's purpose? Uh, Paul. Abraham. Abraham. Uh, but when you look, at, you look at Paul, Paul was persecuting, killing Christians. Yeah, well, he actually wasn't the one throwing the rock. He was organizing the, the killing of Christians. And it comes out where he ends up writing, what, two-thirds of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no wasted time in right. the kingdom. There's God's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to say just, um, I, I'm just I, I love the conversation amongst believers, obviously men, but uh, we're having today. But on Wednesday, I, as I'm thinking, sitting here thinking, Wednesday was was a was a pretty cool moment at men's uh, class on, on Wednesday, because towards the end of class, one of our other guys, <laughs> spirit filled, he's he's a deacon, and uh, Jeff said, you know, Paul, do you, you have something you want to say? And and Paul was adding to not Paul in the Bible, Paul that was in our class, he was adding to the prophecy that this lady was talking to whenever she was saying daughters and sons arise and shine now is the time his thing was he goes you're never too old you're never too young do you think that you're too young do you think that you're too old for me to use you through the kingdom of god which i'm thinking back to you know uh sarai and abram Mm -hmm. right so that, that we know that whole situation of how that worked out. But to this kid who's 28, or this person who's 28, I, I, th- I think the message would be that you, you're, you're not, don't feel like you're too old. Don't feel like you've passed the moment. You've caught it now. Yep. You're, you're aware now. So take the steps to correct what you feel like you can't make happen again. 
And so it's just kind of interesting how these conversations yep. and the conversation we were having on Wednesday is, I, I think, a word for somebody who was commenting. And it's and very said, timely. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and the thing that sticks out to me, especially with the, I have, I'm not even looking at that comment. Um, your past doesn't have to define your future. Mm, it doesn't right. have to define the next chapter of your life. God, you, through the Holy Spirit, you guys can rewrite your story at any point but you have to be in tune to the holy spirit to do that we look at all the we, disciples they were all living their own lives until jesus called them you mm -hmm. know what i mean and matthew he was a tax collector right peter went back to his old life right i mean they were all living their own lives until they were called so there is no time frame obviously it would be great that you can come to know the lord early in life and and um eliminate some possible hardships in your life that'd be a great thing yep. but the reality of it is jesus is a redeemer of anyone of a nine-year-old boy or girl of an 18 year old sinner or a 96 year old man on his deathbed you can still be redeemed there there's no different and that's the that's the great thing about a relationship with jesus christ we've talked a very redemptive i, I was he think, started i was thinking of the same word he started talking before you did <laughs> keep going <laughs> Well, I was thinking of the same word, redeemer. I mean, God God is our redeemer. I mean, yep. it's just so powerful. And, and I was thinking about um, the whole thing. I don't know. Can you hear me? No, his no. mic's off. Yeah. Go again. Test, test, no. Sure, Mike. I was just thinking about uh, the word redemptive, redeemer. And so I'm, I'm glad that you led into that for sure, that it's a great thing about redemption right it's just at the moment whenever you think things are over god mm -hmm. can redeem you and then i was thinking just something off cuff here is that uh clint eastwood guy's 93, 93. years and he's still directing i saw he was he, acting he, he made a movie not too long ago well, but he's, he's putting eastwood. out he's putting out a new movie Comes out dude's year. 93 i saw the picture of it. i mean he's just he's got a big old beard yeah, yeah. I'm like <laughs> so whenever i hear these things of timing and wording are colliding and then whenever i see the and i hear the the word from paul in wednesday night class did i not you're not too old if you think you're too old if you think you're too young think again i can use you and then i read this article about clint eastwood who's 93 directing still using his mind to put together a movie like i see i put all that together and i'm like god you're so good what do you have in store for me yeah, and it, it produces a hope. So whenever I go out into the world, I, I have this glow. Of, hopefully, I have this glow about me that attracts people. And then I can have conversations about, well, sometimes directly and indirectly about Christ being in me or whatever. Matt, what is it about you that just eh, there's something different or whatever? I mean, I don't you. Know, Sometimes those conversations call for heavy spiritual conversations. Sometimes it calls for some subtle hints or whatever. It does. So my mind immediately goes to, if all we need to do is reflect Christ, um, why are we putting God in a box of I'm too old or I'm too young? Or go down this road for a second. Why do we have to do all the, and I'm not saying flashy stuff and, and, and having a good present, presentation at church isn't important because we do need to, to be welcoming. But when do we get to the point to we go back to just Jesus is enough to bring people in and not all of the production and the, the theatrics of everything has to be over-evented. 
because all we have to do is show Christ, right? Christ is attractive enough. And I think it, it's getting to the point that churches and, and us in general, we have to, yeah, here's your head. We have to um, try yours again. Maybe stand, look different by just showing Jesus instead of all the flash. The, the, I, the, I completely agree. Pomp, pomp and circumstance or whatever that phrase is. Well, I, I'm, I'm chomping at the mic here. <laughs> you start talking again. <laughs> Hey, go ahead. I no, will, you're I'll, the guest, and he's never here. You have the, authority. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I do choose violence. Tough. I'm sorry, Andy. I, I humbly... Uh... Right now, I wish I had the soundboard where everybody went, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we just lost 50 people. Go ahead. <laughs> well, while you're talking about attraction, being attracted to Christ, and those kind of, I, I have to bring up the story about the law of attraction mm-hmm. of the video that I, I watched. I mean, I don't know if you watched Andy, mm-hmm. you watched it, right? Yep. So help me make sure I get this right. So this guy was talking about the law of attraction and talking about frequencies. And he said that there was this study done with 25,000 Germans who was put in a Faraday cage, which that is removing all outside frequencies, no 5G, no LTE, those kind of, no microwave frequencies. So the only frequencies that could be measured in that environment was the frequencies that humans give off. And so when he was talking about this study of these people, he said it was so accurate that they could tell that there was jealousy, there was anger, there was strife, there was these types of feelings that were coming from these people that were accurately being measured and the guy asked a question like so what is the most or what is the strongest frequency that people give off and somebody was like uh sex he's like well sex isn't a frequency it's it's an act based on a frequency someone else said love and uh in this video which is kind of interesting with the number four he said no he goes this frequency is actually four times stronger than love and earlier you were reading from malachi 4 4 very interesting so <laughs> so there's your tangent <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah right so and it's 824 currently well he was taught there <laughs> which are all factors in the year 2024 uh, i'm about to say look he's making another left-hand turn <laughs> so he was talking about this frequency and the frequency was authenticity mm-hmm and talking about being authentic, being confident in what you're talking about, and being truthful and authentic with uh, the subject that you're talking, or with the people that you're talking to, being genuinely authentic. It attracts people. And I instantly thought about you know someone who is a, a, a fabricator, someone who just makes stuff up. I mean, if you want to be entertained, okay, but if you're looking to get value from them, you discredit them instantly. You're like, ah, he's lying to me. I can't trust him. But someone who's being authentic with you, they're being open, they're being transparent, they're being uh, confident about the subject matter that they're talking about, that doesn't require a huge stage. It doesn't require all the lights. It doesn't require, back to what you were saying, it's just, it's just you being authentic with how God has made you that attracts people to you. And so whenever I'm talking, whenever I'm in my world of interacting with doctors, hospitals, nurses, I don't want to make up a story to have a short-term gain of getting uh, business or clients from them. I want to make sure that I'm 
I'm authentic. So when I, the conversation is left, I can trust that guy. I can depend on that guy. He was being truthful. He was being confident in what he was talking about, but he was being genuine. He was being authentic when what he was, what he was saying. And one of the things I passed along to Mike and Lindsay early on was I loved their genuine authenticity when they're on stage giving worship. It just attracts me straight to the ta- stage. Yeah. It's not something that's being staged. They're not performing. Yeah. They're actually being authentic with their worship. I mean, it, it's just bare for everyone to see how she's trying to communicate to God with her music, and it, it draws you in. So, you know, I'm, how do we use that as a, an evangelical tool? How do we use that as a, as a testament is what I'm thinking. And whenever I see pastors that get up on stage that try to do a performance they could be saying great things, but I'm I'm just I'm checking out. I'm checking out. Just give me Jesus. The, give me love. Give me Jesus, and give me give me truth. I, I love how you talk about this. And somebody talked about the idea of the seed, the seed parable concept. You know, put a seed in the ground, it grows and turns into a plant that produces fruit. That fruit then produces more seeds, etc. But we're not all apples. We're not all oranges. It's a beautiful thing of the church and that authenticity thing. Each one of us around this table have different skills, different abilities. But what makes the church so beautiful is that we are, in fact, those different things that are coming together to work together. So that roots out the need for jealousy, because I think within context of, you know, the performance, like, oh, man, I want to be that person. I want to be that person. God created you specifically for his purposes, specifically for the way you were designed and the talents, skills and abilities, whether or not you believe you have many or not, were given to you as a gift. Now, they may be minimal, they may be a ton, but they were given to you. And when you dwell in that, whatever that gifting may be, that's when the church flourishes. That's whenever Christ is most accurately reflected. Because, again, drawing back on those fruits of the spirits, when we latch onto those things, that leaves no room for jealousy. That leaves no room for all of the things that get in the way of that authentic vibration. And that's what makes Christ so attractive. He authentically understands and knows who we are and he loves us he's always loved us and the way that he sacrificed himself shows himself to us and we are able to connect with that it's real that's what makes the gospel alive because every single person wants that love that's why jesus is so important one of the big things that is a spitting in god's face is how we deny our DNA. So when we when we're talking about truth, what what is truth? What is a woman? Well, I can't even tell you what it is. What is a guy? Whatever. Uh, am I a bird today? Am I a female tomorrow? <laughs> like that one. what what is your DNA? Your DNA is designed by Christ. What are they trying to do today? Mm-hmm. Change yep. DNA. Yep. So we are definitely you talking about WW1 and WW2. Okay, yeah. I mean, there was some pretty significant moments. But what's happening today? That they're trying to redesign the structure, the chromosomes, the the DNA, your ad- identity, yep. which is just nuts, crazy, and 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 then they mix all kinds of stuff in there that is is not truth, and so I, I think you know as in the days of Noah, whenever Jared was talking, uh, some things that I've read that you know when these uh, 
angelic beings or whatever came and was mating with the mm-hmm. women on earth and Nephilim and all this. It was messing with the DNA. Right. Mm-hmm. That, so as in the days of Noah, what is happening today? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So I think that's there's trans- some, transhumanism. That's absolutely. Yep. Uh, what well, Elon Musk was talking about it. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's been a, a topic of conversation. And even with what's happened since COVID, there are lots of conversations of how those kinds of things have been transpiring. It kind of yep. goes with what I studied about stage setting. You know, the oh, enemy yeah. is setting the stage with lies from the media. Another thing I read about was newspaper exegesis, exegesis, where it's just they're, they're purporting lies instead of penetrating or perpetrating the truth. Mm-hmm. And so you, you talk about how um, they're changing the DNA and stuff with science they want to say it's science well now i just i saw a pastor it looked like a catholic priest actually was talking about how the virgin mary wasn't even a virgin because he said it's biological biologically impossible for her to have a baby without so now they're they're actually trying to that's use the miracle behind the whole thing i, I know but that's that's the <laughs> what lie an idiot. that's the lie that's being perpetrated now because they're trying to just blind and fool everybody one hand, they say it's science that there are thousands of genders. I challenge that moron to come on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but now they're saying, but biologically, it's there's no way a virgin. But that's the miracle behind the thing. Yeah. So I'm just saying that this this is the this is Ugh. prophecy. This is the scoffers. This is the mm-hmm. uh, creating new evils. I mean, honestly, from a pulpit, this guy's saying this. In fact, I'll, I'll take my crippled little body and we'll go to a WWE ring. WW2 ring. You can't even get in the ring. All right, we're gonna <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna close on that note. Uh, take us home, Nick. <sighs> you you get me to that, <laughs> yep. and you tell me to close. <laughs> yep, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's been another great episode of Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk. Uh, make sure you check out our website at mkdutalk.com there you can catch up on all of our previous podcast episodes our shorts learn more about us we just wrapped up all of our spotlight series where you can get to know each and every one of us those are all on the about us section uh, you can link to our email there and our contact page our email is mkdutalk at gmail.com okay. <laughs> or for mk andy over there yes the yes man's on there as well we got the host josh on there and the coach ryan they're honestly they're they're great little spotlight series you get to a lot more in depth to get to see why we are why we are it is a, a great little uh, segue. You, you get to see Josh why he's mean to me all the time. <laughs> he's he's he he chose he chooses violence as soon as he wakes up every day. He's shaking his head no, but back me up here, guys. He chooses violence. He's yes. been insulting me since we walked in the door. Yes. I'm offended. I'm offended. Yes, right. Victimhood. Victimhood. That's Andy right there. <laughs> <laughs> see, he's not interrupting. So, uh, it's again, uh, make sure you visit our website. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. See how easy that was? Share. share. It's our it's our shtick. So, for the yes man, Jared, for the always absent Andy, even when he is here, and for our special guest today, Mick J, he's always enlightening us with all of his, wow, he's, he's just full of information. Plethora of knowledge. Plethora of knowledge. Uh, the coach, Ryan, and, of course, our host, Josh, I am O2D2Nick. This has been Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk. Real men, manly talk.